Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Couple of Teachers podcast with Becky and Danny. This is our second episode, and today we are going to be talking about technology integration. We will talk about meaningful technology integration, ways we have used technology in our classroom, how we got started using tech in our classroom with our students, some programs we enjoy using, and some project and activity ideas that we found to be really successful for our students. We can't wait for you to join us in this conversation. Hi, dear. Hi. So today we are talking about technology integration. So my first question is, what has your journey into integrating technology into your classroom looked like? Well, uh, first it started with in college. Took a few uh, technology classes, uh, and one in my undergrad and one in my master's. They were same. They were same. <laughs> they were similar uh, classes, but uh, I did learn some things and learn uh, that I wanted to use technology in the classroom. And uh, then in my student teaching, um, we put on a new show, and I might be able to talk about that a little later. And use a lot of technology for that. And then uh, I kind of have a unique uh, situation at my school where in my district where everyone has, uh, every student has their own iPad. So using technology in the classroom is a pretty big part of uh, our everyday. What about you? Um, we had the same classes in undergrad and probably even in our master's program, even though we went to different programs. And I think for me, the biggest part of that was it just brought my focus into, okay, how am I going to integrate technology in the classroom when I get there? Um, so it was helpful in that way. And we were exposed to different, you know, programs and technology integration philosophies, I would say, even in that, in that class. And so we kind of, I kind of got to decide what my philosophy around technology integration would be. And then we work in different districts and I got hired in a different district in my student teaching, which was also in a different district than the districts either one of us ended up in. Yeah. We had like no technology. We had one computer lab for the whole school and the teacher had a computer and that was it. So, so students didn't have their own one-to-one devices. There weren't devices for them to really share um, beyond the computer wow. lab. There weren't even computers in the classroom. So very limited technology. Yeah. So it wasn't a part of my student teaching experience at all. And then the district I got hired in, we had like roaming Chromebook carts. Um, so we shared a Chromebook cart between two different classrooms. And I actually, as a fourth grade teacher, shared with a third grade teacher who was like up a hill and down the hallway. And so moving the yeah. carts was kind of a pain. Um, and then I would want to say my second or third year of teaching, we got one-to-one, which was a huge game changer. And I enjoy using technology. I feel yeah. like most people... Um, most adults do because it's a part of our jobs, but I was excited and ready by that time to really figure out how am I going to use technology in my classroom to enhance the learning experience. So that was my kind of journey into using yeah. tech. Yeah, I think we both like love like technology just in the everyday, so we are excited to use it in the classroom. I think it's something that we always wanted to do. So it's good that you guys finally got one-to-one Chromebooks. Um, be 
interesting to think uh, like would you, do you prefer the Chromebooks? You would rather have iPads or what? What do you what do you think? Well, we both are huge like Apple Mac Mac people. Um, so I definitely would prefer, I feel like I would prefer, I know I say that and I haven't had the experience. So I feel like I would prefer if my students had iPads, um, and if I worked on Mac, um, desktops or laptops, but at the same time, I haven't had that experience. And so Chromebooks work and I've been able to do a lot of cool projects with them over the years with students. And so I'm just grateful to have them, but being a, an Apple person, I kind of lean towards, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. I was, I was excited Apple, when we yeah. found out. You guys have, you guys have iPads for every, yeah. every student, right? So what's that, I guess, what's that process like? You're, you teach fifth grade, so they've had them. Um, Since kindergarten. How yeah. do you kind of set up though, the norms and the rules around iPads or do you find that they come in already understanding those? Yeah. By the time they are in fifth grade, they've had it since kindergarten. So they've, learned all those rules and norms for you know quite a few years so they're usually pretty used to them and know them um it's interesting when you get students who come from a different district and having to teach them like how to use some of them don't even know how to use an ipad so you have to teach them how to use an ipad so teaching fifth grade is kind of nice that they already know how to do all those things so you kind of just go over those rules we always we always do a digital citizen citizenship uh talks at the beginning of uh, the year and go over all those types of things. And, um, but they've all heard about it. They're all, they're all used to it. And a lot of them know how to use technology better than a lot of the adults in, in the building. So it's pretty cool to see some of the things that they can, they can come up with. Um, I love that you brought that up at the end. Well, you said a few things in there. One of the things you said is they, um, like no, by the time that they get to your room, because they have had Chromebooks from kindergarten and, we are one to one Chromebook district, except after COVID, a lot of our Chromebooks went missing. They did not come back. So this year, getting back into classrooms, and even last year when we got back, um, but it's definitely this year, it's it's become more of an issue. Our like K one twos just got their Chromebooks yeah. because we had to order all new Chromebooks. But um, by the time that they have gotten to fourth grade or sixth grade with me, they're pretty familiar. When you get new kids from a different district, obviously it's a whole new, whole new thing for them. Maybe they had iPads or maybe they had Chromebooks or maybe they didn't have either. Um, but what you were saying about what they can create, I think that is the thing that got me like really invested and hooked on technology integration is when we are able to use it to enhance the learning experience for students and the product that they're producing. Um, I think seeing that as a teacher is what really um, made me want to invest time and energy thinking about and learning and planning lessons around uh, cool things, right? Yeah. That they could that they could make that they couldn't make without that technology. And so, I guess, what are some of the the projects you've done or the experiences that you provided students using technology that you wouldn't have been able to create had you not had the tech in your room? Um, we, in, in one of my, in my student teaching, we did a, uh, a news show and they use their technology to, uh, to use, did the filming, the, the typing up what they're going to say, all their interview questions, all that things, the editing. Um, and then they put together like a, a fun little news show. Um, we got mics and set up desks and things like that. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So that was something that, um, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do without the technology, um, 
one of the big things I like to do is just give them another option for turning in their work. Some students um, enjoy like either recording their voice for certain things or even recording themselves and kind of making little little YouTube videos um, of themselves, you know, doing a book report even or um, explaining how to solve math problems. I've had my students do that as well. So um, just giving them uh, that extra opportunity to um, show their work and show their understanding. It's been a, a big use of the technology. And then um, I also like to use it for like going on virtual field trips, being able to go visit places that, you know, all over the world, wherever we might be studying or whatever stories come up in our, you know, reading lessons or social studies lessons and being able to go visit those places virtually and there's one app I really like to use called Nearpod, and um, they have great uh, virtual field trips on there. And a lot of them have like uh, even like kind of like virtual reality type thing where they can move their iPad around and it kind of rotates with them and they can uh, see like all around in like 360 view. So what about you? Very cool. Um, I have done all sorts of things. I think once I get interested in something, I jump all the way in and it kind of becomes a thing that I invest a lot of time in. Uh, virtual field trips are one thing that I've done. That's one thing that you were talking about, like the Nearpod, and they were able to shift their iPad around. That's There are some things, going back to your question about iPad versus Chromebook, or yeah. there are certain apps or certain abilities that an iPad has that a Chromebook doesn't. And so I'm just listening to you and thinking, that's such a cool experience. Yeah. Um, to enhance that that immersion, right? Like they're immersed in the yeah. You hear you hear lots of uh, lots of uh, screenshots being taken during those. They're just and you're like, all right, let's make sure we're paying attention. We're not just taking pictures, but they really enjoy That's it. That's awesome. Um, so I've done lots of virtual field trips, and sometimes we do them whole class, you know, on the on the projector, on the screen. Um, because that's a fun experience for us to share. And then sometimes I'll do that first and then I'll say, okay, now I'll push out the link and you all go explore on your own. Um, or I've just pushed it out and they kind of get to explore in, in partners or groups. Cause I think that sharing that experience is, is fun. Um, but virtual field trips are great. I do a lot of Flipgrid. I've done a lot of Flipgrid in my classroom where they record themselves. You were talking about recording and I love Flipgrid as a platform for that. Um, over the years they've added a bunch of different um, filters and they've added whiteboards so kids can you know if they don't feel comfortable if students don't feel comfortable with their face being seen they can just have the whiteboard up and oh, cool. model yeah. what they're doing so if it's solving a math problem all we're seeing is them doing the work and then we're also hearing their explanation and I also appreciate giving students that opportunity to demonstrate their understanding because if we're not um, assessing the written aspect of it, why not provide opportunities for them to demonstrate their understanding of the math concept or the science, you know, concept that we're studying, social studies, really any subject, in a different way that yeah. they're more comfortable with. Um, I think, so yeah, I've done a lot of that. I think with all like the different apps they have out, they're used to filming themselves and recording. So giving them that option in the classroom is is really helpful for some of them. Right, and it's also something like like you're saying that they're familiar with, but also interested in. They love YouTubers, they love TikTokers, and so doing that in a structured environment that's safe and putting you know the parameters around it, um, it's definitely something that I feel like gets them a little bit more excited to talk about math. Well, you get to record yourself for those who are interested. 
Uh, and I've done that with Flipgrid where one year I did like each student, they partnered up and they had vlogs. We called them vlogs. And so they had a little intro that they did. I had some students make, make shirts. And so they wore their shirts every time they did a vlog entry. Um, and they just got really into it, but it was still all core content ideas. It was the exact same assignments. I just yeah. always tried to say like, this is a part of your series. And so think about how you can make connections to other, other videos you've done or, or have certain elements the same, your intro, your outro, those types of things. I had students create logos and put them behind them. Yeah. And so that was really fun. Um, and there was, there was a lot of investment because they knew like, Oh, but we might record. We might record a vlog today, and I can't not be there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was that was fun, and that was Flipgrid again. Yeah. Uh. So what about like managing your the technology? Have you had any, uh, or or how how are you managing using technology <laughs> in the classroom? Um. I like that you changed the question because I think <laughs> management is a huge part of it, and we have you know students who, um struggle to uh use technology appropriately sometimes and they can be minor things like playing a game instead of finishing their work or watching uh, a, a one youtube video and not watching the video that we've assigned them yeah. to watch and so i think uh, at the beginning of the year every student signs signs an agreement most students don't read it though because it's done at like registration at open house yeah um, so we, I go over that and I tell them my expectations and I tell them why they're in place. We also have digital citizenship lessons that we teach since we're putting these resources in their hands, we need to teach them how to responsibly use them. Yeah. Um, so we do that and then I'm just careful to monitor and have discussions if necessary. And I will take the privilege away because ultimately it is a privilege. Yeah. We're all, it's hard. That's another thing. Like just taking away altogether, really difficult. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll take it away for certain things and let them have it for others. But it's once again, it's like, what, what is the privilege there and what's the necessity? I guess is the balance. If it's a necessity, you can use it. If it's a privilege, it gets, it's good. And you're abusing that privilege. Yeah. It gets taken away. Are, are your students able to take their Chromebooks home or do they stay at school? So that changed with COVID. Um, we were not taking Chromebooks home. That wasn't even something we had like considered. And then um, the spring that COVID started, our district was one of the fastest districts in the area to get technology out to students who weren't previously allowed to yeah. take their tech, their one-to-one -one home. And so they all took it home. And then when we came back the spring after, the spring of 2021, um, some brought them back and some did not. Most brought them back. We asked them to bring back their Chromebooks. And so we got a lot of them back, but then still it was wishy-washy. We were letting them take them back and forth, um, because we never knew, right? We felt, yeah. we felt unsure. And then recently this year, same thing until it kind of went teacher by teacher. They, teachers started saying like, it's too difficult letting them take it home and bring it back half of my class leaves it at home or they leave their chargers at home. And so that's a whole other management issue, charging and, and yeah. resp the responsibility aspect. And so um, that's changed as times have changed and out of um, what became necessary during COVID. So what about you and, and your district and how do you teach students that you kind of said they, they're used to their iPads at this point, but yeah, so they're they've been using them since kindergarten. That they've been in the the district since kindergarten, and they go through all those rules. And we did the digital citizenship as well, like I stated before. And then you just 
you know, have those conversations with them. And that's part of kind of what our last podcast was about, about building that community and that culture in your classroom and, you know, setting those expectations early about what you can and what you can't do with your iPad and, and things like that. Um, one thing that we dealt with uh, was, or we always deal with is them bringing their iPads not charged to school. So before COVID, I would, you know, lots of them would just leave it at school. I have an iPad charging cart. It was great. They put it in their cart. It's charged. It's ready the next day. And then those who would who take it home, who are supposed to be taking it home to do work and things like that, but usually that can lead into something else uh, or like siblings using their iPad or parents even using the iPad. Um, and then they come back to school and they're not charged and they're not ready. And so that's something that um, like one of the, like the class like expectations we have is to be prepared. And one of the things you have to be prepared with is having you know, a charged ready to go iPad. So that's definitely one of the bigger management issues is the iPads not being charged. Um, they can always go plug it in my cart, but then it's like, well, what if we're doing something you need it right now and it's dead. So um, that's something you're always trying to manage. And uh, iPads are pretty nice. We have a, an app that you're able to see what's like mm-hmm. on their screens and you can actually, you know, put them in an app and you can lock all their iPads so they can't get out of that app. And so there's some some things you can do with that app to kind of help manage um, what they're doing. But I think in all cases with technology, most teachers will find uh, some things that just that kid do, doing things that they're not supposed to be doing with their with their technology. Definitely. Monitoring is huge. We just got a new program. We had Insight. It went away during COVID. Now we have something called Securely, and it's the same ideas. We can see what's on their screens. We can see what they've been visiting, and it's mostly just to make sure they're on task, right? And yeah. we can lock them to make sure that they're not still doing whatever they're doing when we're trying to give instruction. Um, and I think it's such a great tool to have yeah. because there's no possible way to monitor 36 screens, even if your students are all yeah, facing like, you. Like, it, there's just not, um, it's not practical, I think. Yeah. So, I guess, what are your, we've talked about students, what are the rules we make for students? What are your rules for yourself, um, your do's and don'ts for when you use technology, when you don't use technology, um, and kind of your best practice guidelines for yourself? Uh, I think for me, I don't want to just use technology for everything. I think that it also is important to be able to use, you know, pen and paper and or pencil and paper and be able to write um, your papers and pen and paper. A lot of, since COVID, they use their iPads a lot, obviously, because they were turning everything in online and doing everything online. That's how they get all their work and things like that. Um, so I definitely put an emphasis on making sure to use the those kind of less technology or use it in a way that um is intentional like you know for those different projects or um encouraging to not always use that option of the technology when turning in their work you know like hey this time we're going to be using pen and paper like to take our notes like okay now this time you can use your ipad to take your notes so kind of picking and choosing when and where to use the the technology um, I think is, is the most important part. And then obviously I like to plan for those like kind of bigger projects like, uh, near pods and, uh, book creators and, and things like that. And, 
uh, more recently using Canva, which you actually introduced to me. And uh, that's a really fun one to have them use for different like posters and projects and reports and things like that. So I, I would say like using that technology more uh, intentionally and not just like sitting them on their iPad all day mm-hmm. and giving them all their work on their iPad and just, all right, sit there and do your work on your iPad. What about you? I agree. I think it's all about balance and intention. And I, as much as I dive into the things I get interested in and decide I'm going to use in my classroom, it's always with um, thoughtfulness and intention. And so thinking about if I'm doing this on a Chromebook, if they're doing this on a Chromebook, how how is that enhancing their experience versus doing it pencil and paper? Um, because I think we see technology misused sometimes and it's it's a buzzword right like tech integration huge buzzword so we want to do it a lot and that's not that's not it is how how we're using it to enhance the learning experience and so canva's great i love canva i've used it for all sorts of things with students and they love it book creator is great um one of my favorite book creator projects we did is we had um first grade buddies every student had a first grade buddy And they um, learned their favorite animal. We asked, we did little interviews. We asked about their favorite animals. And then they wrote a nonfiction book at a first grade level um, about that favorite animal. And then oh, we wow. gifted it to them right before winter break. And we went and we read it to them as a buddy activity. Yeah. And then they got, the first graders got to take the books home and we had them bound. Um, and so that was a great use of book creator. Yeah. We could have done that, you know pencil and paper but the images available on the internet their ability to publish something and feel very proud to hand it over as like a published book that looked like a book a student would check out of the library um gave them a huge sense of pride too they just were way more engaged i would argue and then we had that community aspect which was great but i'm always thinking about okay how could they do this paper and pencil and could it have the exact same end result learning wise for them um but there's a whole other aspect of tech integration where they are building technology skills right and so we can't overlook that they're building essential 21st century skills um that they will need to take into the workplace as much as they need to i agree with you be able to write by hand they also need to learn how to type yes definitely yeah so um and just with like a lot of like new job opportunities and and coding being like one thing like that's something i haven't touched on like there's lots of great coding like learning to code apps that i like to to use in the classroom as well like tinker and um and you know they just get to learn all those basic skills and i've seen students go beyond even what i have done in in those coding apps and um you know i think that's helping them for future like positions and and technology and jobs absolutely and you're tapping it into an interest they have you're you could be introducing them to something that they didn't know they were interested in or it could be something that they've explored a little bit on their own but you're giving them that opportunity to thrive in the classroom yeah right so i think that can't be overlooked either and coding is great same with robotics like i've done work with robotics with students and they thrive. They love it. I've used Makey Makeys for coding and kind of a robotics program. Um, and they love it. It's just really engaging for them. And so we've touched on this a little bit, but what are some of your favorite um, programs to use, apps to use when it comes to tech integration? Uh, some of my favorites would be uh, Nearpod, uh, Clips, 
uh, Tinker, Swift Playgrounds. Those would probably be some of like the main four that I that we're using in the classroom. What about you? Um, I've mentioned Flipgrid. I love Flipgrid. Uh, Canva. We've talked about. I love Canva. Um, use Canva all the time. Book Creator. I've mentioned. I really enjoy Pear Deck too, which is a whole different type of program from those others. Yeah. Um, but it's great, and you can do so much with it to engage students actively as as we're teaching. Um, Flippity is awesome. It's kind of it's it's different than the others. I would say at first glance, it's gonna look low low tech. I guess it's technology, obviously, but it's gonna look not as advanced. Maybe that's the way to describe it as those others. Um, but I really enjoy it and the students really enjoy what we do with it um, because there's such a variety of, of options there. You can kind of do a Jeopardy style game show. You can do a breakout, a digital breakout, but you're making it all yourself using Google Sheets and just importing the sheets and it just works. It just goes. So um, I like Flippity and um, games, right? Like Kahoot, quizzes. Yeah. Those are great. Booklet is new. Um People say it differently, book it, booklet, um, but but that's really popular and I can see why. Yeah. So those are some of my favorites. What we've kind of touched, you talked about the news show, um, you've talked about virtual field trips, but what are some specific, is there a specific project you've done with some of these these programs that you... Yeah, actually uh, in, in Swift Playgrounds, um, they have a whole coding thing for uh, Spheros and also Sphero EDU would be another app that I really like. Um, and I have some Spheros for my classroom. I have like six or seven of them. Um, and they're basically like little robot balls that you can code and program around. And uh, the Sphero EDU app and Swift uh, Playgrounds have all these like different challenges. Uh, so they have to the code it first and to try and get it to, you know, maybe it's to roll 15 feet and then come back three feet and take a right. Or, you know, there's all these different instructions that they give you at the beginning and the kids have to work together uh, to, to, to code that and program that robot to do those things. And uh, those are always fun to see the kids, uh, you know, working through that and, and struggling at times. And then those, like, those really awesome moments where they, they get it and they finally get the robot to, to go forward and stop at the, the right time and, and then turn around and... Uh, and it's just a lot of fun to see and um, the robots kind of look like little BB-8s so that's kind of fun too to have uh, rolling around the classroom so the kids really enjoy that when they get to use those kind of I guess more toy toys technology in the classroom but they're also learning a lot about the coding too so that, that's probably one of my favorite um, technology uh, lessons and uh, things that I've done in the classroom what about for you I have um Ozobots, we could kind of do a comparison someday because yeah. <laughs> they're very different in the way that they're programmed, I would I would argue. Um, but I love using those with students and they love them for the same reasons you were just speaking about. Um, and what I love about it is what you're describing, they're using a screen, they're on a screen, they're using technology, but there's also this hands-on element, yeah. right, with that toy aspect yeah. of it. Um and there's a challenge there you were speaking about where they're they're overcoming that challenge and they feel so successful. And I think that's an, an important aspect of it. Um, some of my favorite projects, I spoke about the vlogs and some other projects I've done with um, Flipgrid and then Book Creator, but, and Canva's great for all, all sorts of things. One of the things that I've done with um, quizzes and Kahoot 
is I've had them make the quizzes. And so that's really fun because once you've done enough Kahoot's, they know Kahoot. They've played Kahoot. The kids love Kahoot. Um, They love Kahoot. (laughs) But then to have them be the ones to create it and have that critical thinking aspect to it, right? And think about how do you ask a question that doesn't have a super obvious answer but relates to the content we're doing or maybe it does have an obvious answer but wait, how do I balance that so it's not a boring quiz? Yeah. And maybe I want to pull an image into it or maybe... um, I want to do something different and how long should I let them think about the question before they answer? And all those things are really um, fun for them to create and produce and then to play it as a whole yeah. class. Plus they're they learning while, it. while they're creating that they're, you know, retaining yep. that information. So I've done that as a review at the end of a unit. I've done it as an introduction, you know, so we're going to be talking about this topic. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to create a five question quiz about it. And they look at me like, we have any I don't know anything about that topic yeah and I'm like well that's that's true go (laughs) learn and create a quiz and then that's great because then we talk about what did you what did you learn and they're kind of structuring and creating the first few lessons themselves by sharing what what they learned yeah and it's a lot more meaningful in that way that's awesome I'm gonna have to do that in the classroom have make some cahoots with the lessons and things sounds like a lot of fun uh so this year, you aren't don't have your own classroom, uh, which uh, we'll get into maybe in a different podcast. But uh, so you are a, a coach. What technology have you seen in the classroom this year, or technology use from teachers and students in the classroom this year? Um, I'm seeing a lot of booklet. People love it. It's new. It's fun. Um, there's different, you know, game versions you can play with it. I just heard about like a, a gold mining one where they can steal from each other in the middle of the game. And what an experience, what a fun way to um, structure a game and make it a little bit more engaging yeah. and, and more of a gameplay simulation than just, you know, get the right answer and earn points. So, dynamic play, yeah. dynamic gameplay. Is so what, so what is Booklet? Like what's like a little brief 10 second, 15 second? I would say Description. The, it's a lot like Quizzes and Kahoot. It's a game platform. Okay. Um, I've seen I've seen teachers use it for vocabulary and spelling. Um, I've seen I've seen that used a lot though, and I'm sure there's all sorts of ideas. I haven't used it this year, and so yeah. that's something that I'd like to take some time to explore and maybe use in a professional development that I lead because it is so popular. Um, so it must be great. Yeah. And what I've seen students do with it, they love it. They get so excited to play. Um, Another thing I've seen used is we we have Pear Deck as as a district. We subscribe to Pear Deck Premium. And so Flashcard Factory is a blast. And it's a way to get students working together um, without while they're on the screen, right? And so they're they're working together to compete and and get those get those flashcards and get the get the correct answer and make those pairs and that's really fun. Those are things I'm seeing a lot of in the in the classrooms right now. And nothing that really stands out like as a giant project. Um, but I think it doesn't always have to be a giant project, yeah. right? I think the tech, good technology integration is, is consistent and routine, but not boring. Yeah. And it's like we've talked about, it enhances the learning. It doesn't just replace something that they could be doing paper pencil. So yeah, those are some of the ways we're using technology in the classroom and, uh, We'd like to hear from you guys if there's uh, other apps or ways that you guys are using technology in the classroom. Please let us know. We're always looking for 
new opportunities to integrate more and different types of uh, technology into the classroom. And also, if you guys have any questions about any of the uh, apps or ways we use technology in the classroom uh, and you want to know more about that, please feel free to ask us. We can try and get back to you and explain those a little more. Um, and then as always, uh, go check out our, our socials. Links to those will be in the description. And uh, Becky also has a, a blog. Uh, it's called uh, Redhead Ed. And uh, she talks a lot about different technology and other ways to just incorporate different things in the classroom. And um, that will be linked in the description as well. Thanks, guys.